mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. LSD, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. This is Tusha Matters with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Freeform stand every Sunday at 1 p.m. Parking Niños Unidos at 23rd and Folsom. The Freeform stand an all-volunteer run project of the No Penny Opera. It's about the urban farms and gardens. Making, m- helping making local growth, fresh and nutrients, organic produce accessible to all, especially those in individuals or low incomes or tight budgets. The Free Farm Stand grows food in San Francisco and distributes its it for free. We act as a gathered place and mission to encourage community growth and involvement. This effort resolved most around gathering surplus foods from neighborhood gardens, various farmer markets, community gardens, public and private fruit trees, and hosting a space where this bounty can be shared with all. We also work with produce to the people who harvest organic fruits from backyard fruit trees and public spaces and bring it out to our free farm stand. For more information or if you want to help or if you have or know of a fruit tree that needs picking, you can contact Lauren with at produce to the people at produce to the people at gmail.com.
Labor and Love Show, welcome. Hope you had a good week and good work. But you know, no matter what you do, every day.
Good morning, mutineers. It's the Labor and Love Show, and this is the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan, your host on our weekly labor radio magazine, Labor and Love Radio, the show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is where you work, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Good morning, everybody. The Bone. Bone Walker there with um, a rendition of The Working Person's Week, Stormy Monday Blues. The show is Labor and Love. Here's a little of the love. Great Tony, that negative. 
Saturday morning, waking up after a long night out. Noche de ronda. Qué triste pasa. Qué triste cruza. Tonya La Negra, <clears throat> very famous Mexican singer, era of the 40s and 50s, singing Noche de Ronda, a classic song by a great Mexican composer, Agustin Lara. Uh, before that, we had, uh, as I said, um, T-Bone Walker with his classic about the working week. They call it Stormy Monday or Stormy Monday Blues. And the first one was, of course, Etta James, as we always tell you here on uh, Labor and Love Radio. You gotta serve somebody. Today on Labor and Love Radio, we got Radio Labor and Labor Radio for your world and local. That is United States, American uh, labor news. This day in labor history resistance. Murder in Eureka, 1935. Organizers of uh, lumberjacks met with violence. Um, 
a massive strike 100 years ago this month in Sao Paulo, Brazil. We'll cover that. Labor news of now. Let's see. This day in We're talking about Eugene Debs, who on June 30th in 1917, 1918, great labor leader who was in prison for telling people not to obey the draft. We've got Doug Cunningham from Workers Independent News talking about the Senate health care bill. It's still there. It's not going away. And a Republican congressman who says that sick people who want health coverage just don't understand capitalism. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Um, Recently spent some time in Greece and the Greek uh, health plan, the joke is, the Greek health plan is just don't get sick. We're going to hear from uh, KPFA Radio, a segment on KPF Radio about worker pensions and how we lost control of them. Worker pensions are now under the jurisdiction of employers in a lot of cases. And employers simply don't fund them. So workers, for example, Teamsters in the Midwest, see their pensions cut by a third or more. How did that happen? The Trump travel ban, what about it? What are we going to have to do to defeat it? All these and more on labor and love. Plus, the best in protest music. Here's Utah Phillips, The Long Memory. and this is still Mutiny Radio. Let's just see what the problem is here. One more thing on our labor school segment. What about consumer picketing? What if you want to picket a place, a store that sells articles that uh, you or your group are objecting to? What's legal? What can you do and what can't you do? Quiet. 
So let's see what's going on. This is the bee and its labor and love. Let's listen up about the Republican health care bill. Hello, welcome back. I'm Charles Showalter. You're listening to the Union Edge Laborers Talk Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We enjoy your company. We appreciate all the great things that you're doing for the community. And that includes calling your congressman, calling your senator at 202-224-3121, And, oh, I don't know, maybe we could talk about the Republican health care bill. Um, tell me do that today. We've got Doug Cunningham of Workers Independent News. Doug, welcome back. Hey, Charles. Yeah, there is a health care bill, the Republicans. Um, right. You know, you, health, know, health the, the, you know, not only are we throwing grandma off the cliff, <laughs> Yeah. But we're throwing the doctor, the nurses, the rural hospitals, um, single moms, disabled uh, American veterans, um, and people that you know in your community. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and not only that, they're cannibalizing their own Republican senators who don't who are running as fast as they can away from this thing uh, for various reasons. And on top of that, to put the icing on the cake, a, a public opinion poll. Uh, that the uh, results were re- that I saw for the first time today. I don't know exactly when the poll was done, but I saw the results for the first time today, reported um, on on news outlets on television. Fifty five percent of the American people uh, oppose <laughs> this Republican uh, effort on health care. Just seventeen percent in this PBS NPR Marist poll. Seventeen percent said they approve of this monstrosity of a bill. So, and, 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 and just to re- refresh the memory of our listeners, all kinds of efforts are underway all over the country by all kinds of organizations. I mean, medical groups, you've got conservative organizations, you've got uh, progressive organizations, you've got the People's Filibuster uh, happening now uh, and has been happening this week uh, and continuing through tomorrow on Capitol Hill uh, to protest this. And in the meantime, of course, McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, has delayed the bill, not calling for a vote, because guess what? He doesn't have the vote right you know i um, mean my god doug sister mary agatha of the christian charities foundation said that this is bigly bad <laughs> bigly bad yeah bigly bad yeah yeah and uh and and you know look it's going to kick 22 million people off right or 24 23 million whoever you believe uh, the cbo whichever version of this bill you're talking about it's going to kick tens of millions of people off of health insurance coverage okay that's a fact that's going to happen. That that has been that has been been laid out by the nonpartisan congressional budget office as Doug, the likely outcome of all of this. Doug, let me and, let me let me stop here for a second. Mitch McConnell has a two hundred billion dollar sludge fund for this. Two hundred billion dollars. Now, let's think about that. There's 50 Republican senators out there. Each one gets $4 billion for their state if they vote for this. Now, Ted Cruz, how many square feet of 30-foot-tall Trump wall can you build for $4 billion? Yeah, yeah. Okay? Let's see. Um... What other kinds of things can we do? Can we build a bridge to nowhere? 
<laughs> I think that's what the Republicans in charge in Washington are actually doing uh, furiously uh, right now because this is four this billion dollars bill. per senator. Listen, to I don't bribe them. Political, I, I don't, yeah, and, 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 and believe me, a lot of that really sleazy stuff. I would ask, I don't have uh, my sources. I don't have sources that tell me exactly. Yes, this is happening, but I know from experience in politics and what happens when these bills are, are, are done. Strong arming is, is is going into overdrive now, and who knows what kind of threats Trump is making? You know, he already ran ads against the Nevada senator, the Republican senator. He'll put you on the front uh, of Time magazine. Is what he'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this is just insane. And I think, and the good news out of all of this is that the resistance has been so fierce. The American Federation of Teachers, Randy Weingarten, told me yesterday, she's the president of the Teachers Union, the AFT national president. They did a town hall with 50,000 of their members participating. They had countless actions, she said, from West Virginia to Alaska to Ohio to Pennsylvania to Florida. People at senators' offices sitting in, protesting, et cetera, plus 100,000 letters or more communications just from the AFT alone, from the Teachers Union. And she said that, look, this is not Democrat versus Republican, she said this is a matter of class. This is a matter of people who want tax cuts for the very wealthy, okay? They want the bill. The people who want health care and a safety net for individuals, for their loved ones, for themselves, for their families, they don't want this bill. And so Randy Weingarten at the FT said she's going for the people, the working people in America, every day of the week, and we need to make sure that whatever health reform emerges, if anything does, that we have a safety net that protects the health care that people need so that people are not not only covered by health care, but they're not uh, going to be uh, bankrupted by a single illness. And that's, I think, an important thread running through all of this. People see that whatever your objections were to Obamacare, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever your objections were, it is undeniable that it has added tens of millions of people to the health care um, insurance coverage, okay? And we do not want to go backwards. Uh, that's the last thing we want to do, and, and that's the last thing that the American people need. And, and by this public opinion poll and the stiff resistance to this, it's the last thing the American people want. And they're not going to stand for it. They don't care which party has a majority of the, both houses in Congress and the White House. Uh, the, when the American people rise up and say, no way, that this is going to happen, uh, that's, that, that's going to be what carries the day. So let's, let's you know, keep watching that. And here's what, here's what we're going to hear, okay? Here's a, the court case. Guy gets, guy robs a bank, okay? Guy robs a bank gets caught, and then is mad at the cop on the corner for not stopping him. Yeah. <laughs> okay? This is what yeah. we're talking about. Our Republican friends, the Republican leadership, and by no means am I blaming every Republican for this, but right. I am blaming their leadership. They are robbing the poor, the working middle class in this country of health care to provide $200 million, billion, $200 billion in slush fund to bribe senators to vote for a bill that will harm the working class in this country and provide unprecedented tax breaks for the rich. This couldn't be any more clear. Which side are you on? Do you want health care for your loved ones, for your family and friends, for yourself, for all working people in America, the hardworking people who really make this country happen? Or 
do you buy in to what Trump and the Republican leadership is selling and say, oh, yeah, it's totally fine to destroy Medicaid as we know it, uh, to take hundreds of billions of dollars from that and give it right directly, hundreds of billions of dollars directly back to wealthy people and corporations who don't need it and uh, who already have more money than they know what to do with in many cases. So which side are you on? Are you on the side of health care for you and your loved ones and for the rest of working America? Uh, or are you on the side of, uh, of destroying a Medicaid plan that uh, in some jurisdictions in this country, half of the kids are covered, half of the children are covered by this uh, by Medicaid? Senior citizens in, in nursing homes, 60% are covered by Medicaid. You want that gutted and ruined and destroyed and millions of people kicked off health care so that rich people can have hundreds of billions of dollars in tax cuts? That's what the question is before the American people on this Republican sponsored bill. And of course, with a resounding, strong and fierce reaction, the American people are saying, no way, we don't want this from the Republican Doug, leadership. Doug, so. you know, and the really sick thing about this is, is the same pharmaceutical industry that is pumping opioids into our rural communities all across the United States and killing people by being a pusher of junk is the same industry that's going to benefit greatly from these Trump healthcare scams. I mean, it's just sleazy, it's immoral, and it's unacceptable. And, uh, and, and, that's, and you know, I don't know if they fail this time, if they'll be back for another bite at the apple, probably. Uh, but we have to remain vigilant, call your senators, stay on them. Now is not the time to back off. Now is the time to be as vocal as you can possibly be about the real will of the American people on this issue. And right. I think they're getting the message loud and clear, although they're still hustling to try to come up with some sleazy deal right. behind the scenes that'll get this over. So we'll just have to wait and see about all but that. I don't Doug, know if we have any more. Doug, they're going to be, they are going to be back in the district. Now's the time. Catch them. That's right. Go to their website. Find out where they are going to be. Show up and let them know in no uncertain terms how you feel. Call their People de- united will never be defeated. Let's put democracy in high gear here. There you go. With that said, Doug, we're going to go because I can't say anything better than that. <laughs> All right, man. There you Great go. With you. How, do, how do we find out more? WorkersIndependentNews.com. Please, it's a new website, so go check it out. WorkersIndependentNews.com. I'm Charles Showalter. You're listening to the Union Edge Labor's Talk Radio. Okay, Union Edge, the skinny on the uh, Republican wealth care plan. Two hundred billion dollars to bribe senators and Congress people. The same thing happened here in California recently. Um, there is a proposed single payer plan that was uh, effectively killed by Speaker Anthony Rendon, uh, who said he was in favor of it. Uh, and some some people have said, yeah, well, it's nice to pass that, but it's really a hollow bill. A lot of things would have to happen. Prop 98 money would have to be freed up for uh, to help pay for single payer. But the fact remains, Rendon and Governor Brown and a lot of California legislators are 
taking money, again, from the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, now this next one is just, uh, I don't know, what, what do we call it? Idiocy? These people aren't stupid. It's easy to think that these people are stupid. These Republican p Congress people and senators are stupid. Uh, but they're not. It sounds like it, though. Florida GOP Congressman Francis Rooney. This is from Political Dig. Made an appearance on MSNBC on Monday where he backed Republicans' plan to strip hundreds of thousands of people from receiving Medicaid just so the richest people in America can get huge tax cuts. MSNBC host Chris Janning called out Francis and stated the facts. Those that would be hurt the most are those who would, in fact, be those who have the most difficulty. The poor, the elderly, the people most in need of the help that Obamacare provides. But Rooney thinks otherwise, saying that those who are currently on Medicaid should expect favorable outcomes under the GOP's health care plan. Rooney went on to deny the Congressional Budget Office CBO who determined that millions would lose health insurance under the Republicans' plan. The voodoo economics of the CBO score was faulty the first time around, he insisted. It assumes that nobody will buy insurance unless they are mandated to by a status system like Obamacare. It doesn't give any credit for behavioral modification and incentive through tax credit. And yet again, Jensen called out the congressman saying experts have said that the GOP's plan is a bill that makes sure the wealthy get tax cuts. 7 million dollars a year in the tax cuts, a year that each of the 400 wealthiest families in America get as a result of this. That's okay with you as long as people are losing their coverage. And he again disagreed with the MSNBC host saying, I happen to think that tax cuts stimulate investment. Now here it is again. Editorial comment. This theory that if you give rich people money, they will go out and quote unquote create jobs. It will stimulate investment and create jobs. And then he adds, these people don't understand how capitalism works. The, the congressman opined about people on Medicaid. You incentivize investment, people deploy capital, create jobs, build companies, and put more people to work so they can afford all these things and not have to be on Medicaid. Again, that same old theory where we leave the good of the poor and the working people up to the consciences of the rich. So if a rich guy wants to take his all this money and buy a painting or go around the world or whatever, it's up to him or her. If they decide, in fact, to go into business, 
Maybe they would quote unquote create jobs. But even that, creating jobs means that more workers are ripped off. Uh, okay, so that was um, political dig. Let's see if we can play some music now. I want that Utah Phillips one. There we go. Utah Phillips and Annie DeFranco called Long Memory. The struggle of man against power is the struggle of memory against forgetting. about as far as I got, reading my U.S. history textbook. Well, I got the history of the ruling class. I got the history of the generals and the industrialists and the presidents who didn't get caught. How about you? I got the history of the people who own the wealth of the country, but none of the history of the people that created it, you know? So when I went out to get my first job, I went out armed with somebody else's class background. They never gave me any tools to understand or to begin to control the condition of my labor. And that was deliberate, wasn't it? Huh? They didn't want me to know this. They didn't, that's why this stuff isn't taught in the history books. We're not supposed to know it. You understand that? No. If I wanted a true history of where I came from as a member of the working class, I had to go to my elders. Many of them, their best working years before pensions or social security. 
gave their whole lives to the mines, to the wheat harvest, to the logging camps, to the railroad. Got nothing for it, just fetched up on the skids, living on short money, mostly drunk all the time. But they led those extraordinary lives that can never be lived again. And in the living of them, they gave me a history that is more profound, more beautiful, more powerful, more passionate, and ultimately more useful than the best damn history book I ever read. And I've said so often before, the long memory is the most radical idea in America. Sing a song I made up for one of those. I never met him. There's one flop hotel left in Spokane, Washington called the Clem Hotel. I'd walk through the parking lot there on my way to the park. An old man sitting up there in the window, grimy window, face pale like a mask of death, gazing down at the parking lot, perfectly motionless. I'd make a point of going through there every day and I'd wave at him. Finally I got him so he'd at least lift his hand and wave a little bit. I went to the fellow at the desk in the hotel and I said, I want to meet that man. He said, he won't let you into his room. He's afraid of the young jack rollers. He's afraid of the young ones on the street that'll knock you down for your little bit of pension money and for your little bit of VA, your food stamps. So he's got a spike mall handle behind the door and he won't let anybody come in there but that he'll attack you. Well, I made this song for him anyway. I, I don't know if it's his whole story. It's not gonna be mine. I sure hope it's not gonna be yours. A poem, a poem I was gifted with. Checking on down the 
This is The Bee on the Labor and Love Show every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. We break it down. We break down the labor movement, labor history, labor commentary, labor opinion, labor news, labor school, (laughs) plus the best in protest and love music. It is called Labor and Love. That was Ronnie Gilbert, famed singer, one of the uh, weavers, singing singing the song House of the Rising Sun about sex workers. And before that, we had Taj Mahal with a trucker song, Six Days on the Road, Gonna See My Baby Tonight. And we started that set off with Utah Phillips and his commentary on the history of working people and how it is taken out of our history teaching. I also wanted to talk about Tonya La Negra. Tonya La Negra was singing the song, very famous song in Mexico called Noche de Ronda, about uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend who goes out at night with their friends. So the singer is staying home and wondering, pa donde vas? Where are you going? Con quien estas? Who are you with? I hate these uh, noches de ronda where you go out at night. Okay, that was our commentary on the GOP wealth care bill. Let's listen to Labor Radio. This is a be a roundup of labor news in the United States. The Win Labor Report. What did we do? Here we go. 
Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. Working people brought this bill to a screeching halt. We mobilized in record time, and we're not about to stand down. AFL-CIO President Rich Trumka on the stalled Republican Senate health care bill. Labor isn't letting up in its campaign to stop this bill. We're running ads. We're flooding Senate offices with phone calls. We're mobilizing in the states. We're going all out. It's time for Congress to abandon this reckless plan and come together on a bipartisan basis to improve the Affordable Care Act. That's what voters want. The American Federation of Teachers is very active in the fight against Trump Care. GOP senators pulled the bill temporarily Tuesday in the face of stiff resistance because they don't yet have enough votes to pass it. AFT President Randy Weingarten says her union is focused not just on political lobbying of Congress in this fight, but is also mobilizing members to block the GOP health care bill. AFT is against the GOP health care bill because it will end health care coverage for 22 million people while cutting Medicaid by hundreds of billions of dollars so the rich can get hundreds of billions of dollars in tax cuts. This is a matter of class. This is a matter of the people who want tax cuts for the wealthy want this bill. The people who want to make sure that there is a safety net for individuals don't want this bill. And I go for the people, the working people in America every day of the week. We need to make sure that they have a safety net. We need to make sure that their health care is there and that they are not one illness away from bankruptcy. Hearings were held this week by the U.S. Trade Representative to take comments on a NAFTA trade deal renegotiation. Labor testified that NAFTA needs to be changed to benefit working people. The same coalition that defeated the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal is also demanding a new NAFTA deal that benefits working people. As NAFTA hearings opened, more than 100,000 petition signatures and 50,000 comments were filed by the coalition with the U.S. Trade Representative. The response was so strong that it crashed the U.S. Trade Representative's comment submission platform. SEIU Local 1 says an ordinance that would achieve labor rights for Chicago O'Hare and Midway Airport workers could be taken up by Chicago's City Council as soon as the July meeting. SEIU says it's having positive discussions with Mayor Rahm Emanuel for thousands of airport workers as part of a broader set of regulations covering ground handling operators at those Chicago airports. Seven government employee unions oppose privatization of America's air traffic control system. Republicans in the House version of the FAA reauthorization bill included privatization. The unions, including AFGE, AFSME, and the National Association of Government Employees, say that, quote, overhauling the entire aviation system by removing air traffic control from federal oversight and funding will be a serious setback for its development and growth. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Workers Independent News. Now, this is the World Labor Report. Uh, sort of a compendium of actions and campaigns and conditions for workers all over the world. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, June 30th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a new fire and safety accord has been negotiated for Bangladeshi garment workers, how countries allow corporations to evade taxes, and the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. 
more than two and a half million garment workers in Bangladesh will be covered by a new fire and safety accord negotiated by global unions. Seamarie Ainsborough reports. More than a thousand factories in Bangladesh will be covered by a new fire and safety accord signed by leading fashion brands and global unions. The new accord is aimed at improving and extending the existing accord, which is due to expire in 2018. The labor organizations, which have led the initiative from the start, are UNI, the Global Union for Skills and Services, and Industrial, which has a number of garment union affiliates in Bangladesh. The global unions worked in cooperation with NGOs such as the Clean Clothes Campaign and the Worker Rights Consortium. The first fire and safety accord was negotiated after the Rana Plaza disaster in 2013, where more than 1,200 mostly young women garment workers were killed. Some 2,500 more were injured. The disaster was caused by the illegal installation of huge machines in the multi-floor structure. After the accident, Uni and Industrial shamed major brands into signing a legally binding agreement, which promised to improve conditions in the factories. Under the 2013 accord, more than 1,800 factories were inspected and some 100,000 hazards were fixed. The new three-year accord will cover more than 2.5 million workers. It is being signed by major brands such as H&M, Kmart Australia, Primark and Esprit. Walmart has refused to join the accord and has created its own substandard version. Walter Sanchez, the General Secretary of Industrial, said, The accord is the only credible option for health and safety in Bangladesh garment factories. It shows that industrial relations can be used to save lives and improve conditions in global supply chains. Christy Hoffman, Deputy Secretary General of Uni, said, our aim is to create a global economy which respects the lives and dignity of all workers, and the Accord is a big step along that path. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. As governments around the world cry poverty when asked to support basic public services such as health care, corporations are stealing taxable money by using tax havens. Tax havens are countries which charge corporations very little taxes, sometimes no taxes at all. It has been estimated that these tax havens hold more than $20 trillion. $20 trillion. That's $20,000 billion. It is the annual amount produced by all of the people and all of the companies operating in the world's largest economy, the United States. To help people better understand the implications of tax havens, a coalition of labor unions and other civil society groups has created the Global Alliance for Tax Justice. The alliance represents hundreds of organizations around the world. It is backed by labor organizations such as Public Services International, the global labor body which represents national public service unions. The Global Alliance for Tax Justice has just recently released a video explaining what tax havens are and how they, in effect, defund decent public services. There are a range of jurisdictions all across the world which offer tiny, tiny rates of tax on profits. Some of them are island states, like Bermuda, where you pay a 0% corporate tax rate. But there are also other countries, like Luxembourg, a microstate in the center of Europe where you can literally tell the world's last grand duke how much you want to pay in tax. So that's the bread and butter, a low tax jurisdiction. Now for the meat of it. If you're looking to dodge taxes, you're going to need to create a subsidiary company in an offshore jurisdiction. Basically, what you're going to do is create a non-existent holding company which you can route all of your profits through. But don't worry about staff or offices. For this holding company, all you need is a slick sounding business name and a letterbox. 
Now you can make this company on the internet in just a few hours and register it to a country like Liberia or the British Virgin Islands where there are over a million registered companies for only 30,000 inhabitants. Fishy. Once you've got your subsidiary company beefed up, it's time to spice things up a little bit. You give your subsidiary company the rights to all of your intangible assets like brand or logo or intellectual property. Then your subsidiary company bills all your other companies for the rights to use those assets. By doing this you transfer all of your global profits into the tax haven or we can make things even spicier. You can pay a random person a nominal fee to become your nominee director. Now their job will be to blindly sign any paperwork that you put in front of them and pretend to be your company's director. And what this means is that nobody can actually tell in whose interests your subsidiary company is working. As an example, the Panama Papers revealed that one lady named Ida Mae Biggs was the nominee director of over 20,000 companies. Pretty good going for a 93 year old. Which brings us to our last but most important ingredient, secrecy. Secrecy is perhaps the most important ingredient because without it the public would be able to look right through the entire charade and see the system for what it really is. Now what we do know is that there's over 20 trillion dollars hidden away in tax havens all across the world. That's no small figure. That's enough to end global poverty 10 times over. Part of that money should be going to constructing schools, hospitals and providing public services. And then we hear from politicians in the private sector that there simply isn't enough money to fund public services and we simply have to privatise. So what can we do about it? Well a range of initiatives are in place to combat the abuse of use of tax havens. Like country by country reporting, so companies are forced to show exactly where and how they make their profits. Or the establishment of a UN global tax body to monitor profit flows. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the 700 news stories added to our site last week. Our top stories section included links to items about the Chinese labor rights activists arrested and then released after documenting abuses in a factory producing clothing for Ivanka Trump's brand the arrest and torture of a Moroccan protest organizer, and the start of a campaign by Australian unions to mobilize workers against neoliberal government policies. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Indian waste collection workers were protesting three months of wage theft by the city of East Delhi, while nearby motorcycle factory workers held a sick down strike to protest layoffs, and tea plantations were closed by a huge strike by agricultural workers. Workers employed by a Chinese corporation to build a new port in Ghana continued their walkout after it was found to be legal and 15,000 South Korean school cafeteria workers walked out in a dispute over wages and their demand for an end to precarious work. Large numbers of students and their parents joined their protests and picket lines. Our top working women stories included coverage of the mass faintings at Cambodian sportswear factories as the temperatures rose last week, a campaign to end gender pay inequality amongst Indian nurses, and an exodus of women from the nursing profession in Hungary as retail jobs began to pay more than hospitals. 
The health and safety news wire we run in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about what the death of a sanitation worker in Pakistan has revealed about the way in which such workers are treated by their employers. Union reaction to the high accident rate amongst Kuwaiti oil workers and violence in Canadian schools. Currently, Labor Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Radio Labor's newscasts are available on its website, iTunes, mobile phones, union websites, and community radio stations. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. That was Radio Labor, a worldwide report about tax havens, $20 trillion in tax havens. That would go a long way towards funding communities, funding schools, funding hospitals. Uh, We have to understand that what's in place is a criminal system, a criminal economic system that uh, steals money from workers on the point of work. In other words, paying workers less than what their work is worth and keeping the profit in the hands of a private board of uh, supervisors. And then defunding or refusing to fund initiatives that will help workers and help the poor make their lives better, things like health care. If you look at uh, Mr. Trump's and the Republican program, which a a lot of Democrats are supporting in, in some cases, they're all about attacking the resources and rights of working people, all of them. The health care, the tax cuts for the rich, wars. Trump now is uh, sending troops into uh, Afghanistan and rattling his sword all over against, lately against uh, Qatar for its role or its assumed role in uh, the war against Yemen that's being waged by by Saudi Arabia. And of course, Saudi Arabia is the sacred cow of American foreign policy, right up there with Israel, because in 1943, President Roosevelt signed a contract 
not with the country of Saudi Arabia, but with the family of Ibn Zaud, their man, to ensure oil for the next hundred years or fifty years, whatever it is. This is the B, and it's the top of the hour. You're only alone when you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, they'll say you stood up for sitting down. So you will be counted one way or another. You gotta serve somebody. Okay, a little music now. Beautiful song for a Saturday, a beautiful Saturday here in the Mission. Louis Armstrong.
abusive men once. And the guys who worked on the hotline and the women who worked in the
That was Rise Against, their song, The Violence. Let's listen to Brother Charlie Morgan talking about Hotline. In the shelter became my heroes. And the guys who called up for help became my heroes, too. My heroes are everyday people. Every once in a while, somebody famous does something that's hero-worthy. But it's mostly our everyday lives that contain the heroic acts. John called on the hotline today. He's my hero for the week. His hand was shaking as he dialed the number and raised the receiver to his mouth to speak. I need some help, he cried. I feel rotten inside. I almost hit hell in my bride. And it's our honeymoon tonight. But others aren't like John. They don't make it to the phone. Every 15 seconds, a woman gets beat up in America in her own home. So Gracie takes the woman in to a shelter somewhere. Give her sister some support now and take away the despair. My heroes are you. My heroes are you. Not just famous, but everyday people in the big, big things that you do. Pearl is my proud heroine. Just want to let everybody know. She ain't got much, but she always got a couple of bucks for kids to go to the show. Danny kicked cocaine. He asked for some help and he got some care. Look up Courageous in my dictionary. There's a picture of Danny there. Why, Cindy dumped the booze. She got some help from AA. Give me strength to see her do it now. She's my hero today. My heroes are you. My heroes are you. Not famous, but everyday people in the big, big things that you do. No movie stars aren't my heroes Unless they do something cool Like Liz Taylor when she give up drinking She said, I gotta go back to school There go Lizzie on back to school, yeah Most politicians talk a lot of crap I trust only one Barbara Lee Tells it like it is, true as the rising sun. Martin Luther King Sr. Watches they murdered his son. Lost his wife to violence and his daughter died, said, 
I don't hate no one Oh, ain't that a man Mmm, ain't that a man Ain't that a real kicking man I don't hate no one Brother Charlie Morgan there. Oops, excuse me. Brother Charlie Morgan there with uh, his Hotline Heroes song from his album Chasmo Now. Still waiting for another one there, Charlie. Another album. Uh, Rise Against with their song The Violence. Are we not good enough? Are we not brave enough? Is the violence in our nature just the image of our maker? Are we not good enough? Are we not brave enough to become something greater than the violence in our nature? Are we not good enough? Or is it all a dream? They'll be at the Concord Pavilion on July 6th if you want to check them out. And then before that, uh, the justly famous, justly praised West End Blues, one of a session, a series of sessions in the 1920s that have attained a mythical status among musicians and jazz fans, the West End Blues. This was when uh, Louis Armstrong was teaching America how to swing. <laughs> and of course, it wasn't just him. He was working on standing on the shoulders of, of uh, others. This is Labor and Love. Take a little break now, and when we come back, we'll have some labor history, some more unions, and... Uh, I'm sorry, some more music and how letter carriers are surviving right to work with shop floor action. Okay, we're back. Labor and Love Show, and I hope I've I've stated that we're coming at you from 2781 21st Street here in the Mission. Uh, the the Mutiny Radio, formerly Mutiny Radio Cafe, now a performance space, uh, an art installation space. You can rent it for $100 or come on down and make a deal. Put on your own event, music, comedy, karaoke, spoken word, radio. You name it, we got it down here at Mutiny Radio. And we're looking for people to come and express themselves. Find your voice at Mutiny Radio. 
How letter keepers keep numbers up, surviving right to work. Postal union, and this is on labor notes. Postal unions, like all federal employee unions, are open shop. This means workers can get the benefits of union representation while opting out of paying dues. Yet the postal unions generally maintain high rates of voluntary union leadership. And Letter Carriers Branch 82 in Portland, Oregon does even better than most. From 90% membership five years ago, it has slowly upticked, says Organizing Chair Willie Grossel, to around 95% of the 1,200 represented carriers. How do they raise the number so high? It's mostly the work of volunteers like Groschel, who delivers the mail full-time. Three top officers make up the union's full-time staff. Most union new hires sign up right away at orientation, where the branch vice president spends up to two hours with him. The union has this right guaranteed in its contract talking through the union's history and what to expect. One perk is getting immediate access to the union's uniform closet, since the Postal Service won't provide a uniform allowance until your probation is up. Groschel says, It's easy for us to sell in Branch 82 because we defend our contract extremely well. Every year, Groschel estimates 98% of Portland letter carriers get the equivalent of their entire dues back in grievance settlements. Short staffing is the rule in post offices across the country. But we are, I think, Groschel says, the only place in the country that has specific language about delivery after dark. If we have to be out after dark, it triggers a grievance payment of $50 for each incident. That adds up, especially in the winter when the sun sets early and there are lots of holiday packages to deliver. We control the environment on the work floor. Full-page coverage is an advertisement that goes to every household along with a mail. Two of the, the, the three were magazine thick. That's a lot of weight to carry around all day. There was general panic and angst, so he encouraged everyone to fill out a safety concern form. Within minutes, the manager agreed to postpone the heaviest item until the next day palpable relief and power zipped through the work floor. Check it out on Labor Notes, How We're Surviving Right to Work, Letter Carriers Keep Numbers Up with Shop Floor Action. Okay, this day in labor history, June 30th, 2011. Huh? 2017. 99 years ago today, labor organizer and presidential candidate Eugene Debs was arrested in Cleveland, Ohio for intent 
to interfere with the operation or success of the military or naval forces, naval forces of the United States. The arrest of Debs came about because of a series of speeches where he had condemned U.S. involvement in World War I. On June 16, 1918, Debs gave a speech in Canton, Ohio, where he lambasted the war. Wars throughout history have been waged for conquest and plunder. And that is war in a nutshell. Master class has always declared the wars. The subject class has always fought the battles. I have been accused of obstructing the war. I admit it. I abhor war. I would oppose war if I stood alone. And again, Debs' point is a simple one. It's the leaders who declare the wars, who cause the wars, who say that we've got to spill some blood, not their blood. It's the workers who go to war to kill each other. Debs was sentenced to jail, served three years, was finally pardoned by Warren Harding in 1921. Debs returned to his hometown of Terre Haute, Indiana. He was greeted by 50,000 people. He also polled nearly a million votes from jail, running for president. If Debs were alive today, he would condemn the ongoing U.S. wars of conquest in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Libya. Debs would not only see these wars of conquest, he would acknowledge that they were wars that benefited Wall Street. And he would call upon all working class people not to fight in wars that served the rich. Eugene Victor Debs, 99 years ago today, sentenced to jail for resisting the war. About 11.30 now. Welcome if you're just joining us. Thanks if you've been with us all along. Roy Orbison. You better listen to me, every one of you. We've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. Forget about your women. Today you're working for the man Well, pick up your feet, we've got a deadline to meet I'm gonna see you make it on time Oh, don't relax, I want elbows and backs I wanna see everybody from behind Cause you're working for the To the left, I heave to the right I ought to kill him but it wouldn't be right 
When the sun refused to shine People tell me there ain't no use in trying Now my girl, you're so young and pretty And one thing I know is true You'll be dead before your time is due Last two songs we'll play today. Of course, we'll finish with the Internacional. It was Roy Orbison working for the man and uh, finished there with the animals and their uh, work protest song, We Gotta Get Out of This Place If It's the Last Thing We Ever Do. We were going to talk about how unions lost control of their pension money. Have to get to that next week. This day in labor history. Now we're talking about uh, June 10th. 
Well, let's see. June 10th in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The year is 1917. The Sao Paulo general strike began when owners of the Rodolfo Crespi cotton mill refused workers' demands for a 25% wage increase. The workers went on strike, leading to a general strike through the city's textile mills and displaying how rank-and-file workers often prove much more effective leaders than self-styled radicals. Sao Paulo developed as an industrial center in the years after 1900. Textiles became the leading industry in this city in the early 20th century, quickly leading it to become the industrial center not only of Brazil, but of South America. Shoe production and processed food followed, as well as a lot of skilled metal workers for the nation's coffee trades and other industrial and agricultural production. World War I led to even greater industrial expansion with working women facing the brunt of it, facing both harder factory work and much higher food prices for their second jobs as homeowners. The women in the textile plants organized themselves by May 17th, facing high prices and hard working conditions. The workers in the Crespi Mill demanded a 20% pay increase to match rising food prices. Management said no, and 2,000 workers went on strike on June 10th. The women declared themselves independent of all socialist or anarchist groups, but the anarchists came to help them. But it was women, not anarchists, who were the vanguard of the labor movement. The strike soon spread. On June 22nd, another mill followed, and then more and more. Demands were for 20-25% pay increases. Also wanted their pay coming on time, as many factories would delay delivering paychecks for three to five work weeks after pay day. Mills started to compromise, but the workers growing in number day by day refused. At first the strike was peaceful, but as it grew and became harder to manage, violent clashes between strikers and police grew. Much of the problem was the growth of men in the strike. Beverage workers got into clashes on the first day on the line. On July 9th, police killed a shoemaker. At any rate, uh, this is on Lawyers, Guns, and Money about the strike in Sao Paulo. Despite anarchist inabilities to understand the needs of women workers, women's clear leadership in the strike changed radicals' focus to a greater focus on the real lived conditions of Brazilian workers, including women. They began to run articles in their newspapers on sexual harassment in the mills. Sao Paulo's women continued leading the anarchists as opposed to the other way around. 
October 1917, 300 women struck when their employer would not stop sexually harassing. They started the organizing on their own and turned to the male anarchists for assistance and publicity. Still, the strike continued to spread and finally the industrialists were forced to settle. Served as the mediators, and the final deal was largely good for the workers. All workers received a 20% raise, amnesty for all strikers, freedom for workers to organize, prompt payment of wages, and vague promises to improve living conditions in the city. With the Brazilian state not really backing the industrialists, the groundwork was there for a real win. ago today. But you never thought of Eureka, California as a center of labor action, did you? Yet, on June 21st, 1935, three members of the Lumber and Sawmill Workers Union were murdered at the Holmes Eureka Mill in Eureka, California by anti-union enforcers of the company. The violent moment was the culmination of Great Strike of 1935 and the organizing of the Northwest Timber Industry. It also serves as a reminder of the great struggles of strikers in these years that included many lives lost and not just in the handful of famous labor incidents. Third day of the Great Strike. As the strikers converged on the Holmes Eureka Mill, they began to argue with the scabs and the mill's hired guards. Police re- people reported the police chief pulled a gun, pulled a gun, and fired into the crowd. But no one is sure who fired first. Three men were killed. The strike had mixed success. Most employers agreed to a shorter workday and small wage increases, but refused to recognize the union. Lawyers, guns, and money, this day in labor history, June 21st. And as we say, you're only alone when you don't stand up. And if you don't stand up, they'll count you as standing up for sitting down. This is the B, and we're we're doing just finishing up actually the labor and love show, the show where we tell you how it is, where if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Listen to Nina Simone take us out.
watch while I'm scrubbing these floors and I'm scrubbing the floors while you're gawking. Maybe once you tip me and it makes you feel swell in this crummy southern town, in this crummy old hotel, but you'll never guess to who you're talking. No, you couldn't ever guess to who you're talking. Then one night, there's a scream in the night, and you wonder, who could that have been? And you see me kind of grinning while I'm scrubbing. And you say, what she got to grin? I'll tell you, there's a she. The black freighter with a skull on its masthead will be coming in. You gentlemen can say, hey gal, finish them floors, get upstairs. What's wrong with you? Earn your keep here. You toss me your tips and look out to the ships, but I'm counting your heads as I'm making the beds, cause there's nobody gonna sleep here tonight. Nobody's gonna sleep here, honey. Nobody. And you say, who's that kicking up around? And you see me kind of staring. Okay, got to cut Nina off. The ship, the black freighter, Pirate Jenny. This is... Taking you out to the strains of the Internacional by Carrie Mirage. Hope you have a good week and good work. We'll be back next Saturday.
things in life who scream at nothing and everything at the same time who dance till sunup who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow who rival the moon with gravitational force who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck who don't give a fuck who make who do who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching who create from the soul of an orgasm who swagger even alone in the shower who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you the night space brings you high time story time every wednesday night from 10 to midnight on mutiny radio Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space, featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time, Volume 1, now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hey there, 
San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. LSD fap acid fapping tapping acid acid fapping tapping acid fap 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. This is Tusser Metals with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Freeform stand every Sunday at 1 p.m. Parque Niños Unidos at 23rd and Folsom. The Freeform stand an all-volunteer run project of the No Penny Opera. It's about sharing the wealth of urban farms and gardens. Making, helping making local growth fresh and nutrients organic produce accessible to all, especially those in individuals or low incomes or tight budgets. The Free Farm Stand grows food and San Francisco and distributes its 